Hello. Um, I'm Margaret Drain, Vice President of National Productions for WGBH. Uh, and for those of you who do not know WGBH, uh, we're a big production house in Boston, and we produce about a third to, of the primetime shows for PBS. We do some commercial producing also, but our basic mission is to produce for PBS. And um, we have long been active in trying to exploit all the digital platforms that we have. Let me explain some of the shows that I'm responsible for. Um, GBH produces Nova, Frontline, American Experience. Those are the three big nonfiction series. Additionally, we produce Masterpiece Theater, Mystery, and Antiques Roadshow. So that's the sort of this, the, the stable that I run. Each of those shows has its own digital platforms and has exploited digital rights in lots of different ways. But what I'm going to talk about today, and I'm going to try to stick to the time. I was a commercial um, television producer, so I know that time is important and deadlines are important. But I've spent too much time in PBS, so my inclination is to make this a 14-part series. <laughs> Rest assured, I will not. Um, we have a couple of projects I wanted to uh, introduce you to because they're new projects and we're using digital rights in a way we haven't ever before. And they represent programs from different um, genres. We Shall Remain is a big five-part historical series on the history of Native Americans that's being produced by American Experience. The broadcast date is around 2009. Um, what we wanted to do is to not tell the whole swath of Native American history, but to select five good stories that were illustrative of the struggle of Native Americans to survive. Um, we also wanted to take advantage of the new media platforms to do a couple of things. One is to increase the public participation in public broadcasting, and the second was to help bridge the digital divide. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that we wanted to engage young Native Americans in a way that we had never been able to before. And so we came up with this thing called, um, it's a citizen storyteller project. Um, and what we set out as our goal is to recruit 200 young Native Americans and provide them with new cell phone technology, new, new cell phones that could not only record great video, but also you can edit on it. And we would train them uh, in the technology. We would train them in narrative storytelling. If they chose to do a non-narrative, that's fine. Uh, but they, we, off, we will offer them uh, editorial help um, um, through these training programs. Our partner in this is the Heard Museum in Phoenix, and what we will do, we hope we will get 200 really good little films. They'll be short films, uh, probably under three minutes. We're going to post them on the web for We Shall Remain. We're going to have a little online film festival. The Heard Museum is going to make a selection of the best of to show in their Native American film festival. And using this new cell phone technology, We'll be, we'll be able to transmit the, the um, films from cell phone to cell phone. So um, it's a very, very exciting project. We um, had a little um, pilot that we ran for 10 um, students recently, two weeks ago. So I really don't have anything to show you. But what I did want to show you, for those of you who haven't seen it, is the quality of the video. What you're going to see is just basically one stupid little shot, <laughs> which is a pan down of a cactus. But you'll see how beautiful it is. 
And over the weekend, I was in Dallas at the PBS convention, and I got my hands on one of these little cell phones. It was a Nokia. I think it cost $750 or $800. Had a beautiful little screen, and I made my own little video in my hotel room, um, which I did not bring to show you because it would be too embarrassing. But um, let me just show you the quality because it's really great. This woman was very interesting. She lives in Pima Salt River Tribe. She did not volunteer for this project. What we did is we went out to the reservation. See how clear that is? I don't know if that's showing up, but on my screen it's just fabulous. Um, she, we went out to the reservation to recruit her. And she had never operated a video camera, never operated a cell, you know, done anything with cell phone, didn't have a cell phone. And we brought her into the workshop, and she's turned out to be one of the star students, which is great because it's, it's exposing to, her, to a whole new digital environment. Um, our other partners in this project are the Smithsonian, and um, I mentioned the Heard Museum. <clears throat> we have all the humanities councils from a number of different states, and of course the uh, network of nearly 300 public television stations that we will be able to draw on. So um, this is a great little project that we've got going. Um, I think we've finally finished raising the money for it, so we'll be able to do, I hope, come close to the goal of having 200 little videos, so stay tuned. Um, the next project comes from NOVA, which is our ongoing science series called Car of the Future. Um, it's a one-hour program answering one question, is that how can today's drivers transition to a new breed of vehicles that's less dependent on um, oil and produces few, fewer greenhouse gases. So I wanted to just show you a little clip of the show and you'll see, you'll get a better sense of what's in it. And then I'll, talk, I'll tell you about what's different about this NOVA show from all of, all of the other NOVA shows. Try to imagine 800 million cars. If you put them bumper to bumper, they'd circle the Earth 125 times. That's how many cars are on the road today. They come in all shapes and colors, but have one thing in common. Our transportation system is almost entirely uh, fueled by petroleum, more than 95%. A quarter of all the petroleum ever consumed in the history of the world was consumed in the last 10 years. So we are consuming at an accelerating rate. What is scary is that projections suggest that by 2050, there'll be two billion vehicles. Two and a half times as many as there are today. There's an energy shortage looming somewhere in our future. And if we do nothing, it could be a real crisis. Can I change the station? Why? No, you can't. This is important stuff. It's scaring me. I don't like it anymore. Oh, come on. Don't be such a sissy. <laughs> Two brothers have embarked on a quest to investigate this transportation dilemma. Where are we? I don't know. We're not in Kansas anymore. I can tell you that. <laughs> they want to find out what's being done right now that will keep our cars moving in the future. Stand back. They're putting new technology to the test. They're experimenting with advanced alternative fuels. And they're getting behind the wheels of vehicles that, who knows, may become the car of the future. Join them on their journey of discovery, right now on NOVA.
you recognize those guys. Um, so it's a very amusing look at um, what was a very serious problem with the click and clack. Now, what's unusual about this project is that we have a web component, which we call open production, which went up well in advance of the broadcast. And the producer, Joe Siemens, uh, put a draft script or treatment up for people to take a look at. Also put up a list of um, uh, potential invite uh, interviewees and encourage people to send in their ideas, criti critique the script, add some questions that they would ask the interviewees, suggest names of other people that he might incorporate it. And so we brought them into the process of production. And um, he has taken some of these to heart as he's gone off to shoot the film. So as you can see, you can, there's a draft script, Car of the Future, you know, about the producers, expert participants, so you can join in this discussion. And since the launch of this website, We've had over 900 emails um, of people submitting their questions and ideas. And the discussion board has attracted more than 300 posts and over 10,000 views on topics such as micro-compact cars, electric vehicles, et cetera. Roughly 30% of these emails have come from educators. And I should um, put, it on, put you on pause right now because Nova is one of the most used, Nova's website is one of the most used educational sites for science teachers throughout the country. So it's critically important that we um, um, reach this group of people. Um, we also got, little did we know, um, input from people who have their own versions of the car of the future. These are, these are guys who have, uh, men and women who have built their own cars, who have fiddled, who have tinkered, or who are recommending certain cars. So you can click on any one of these and you can see um, their own personal view of their, their car of the future. So it's good user-generated content. Um, the material that we're providing for car of the future will be, uh, I've got to go back. Um, the scenics and animation will be available for open content. The interviews will be available for screening and streaming online, both the video and you will be able to access the transcripts. They will not be made available for open content. And I should emphasize that we at GBH feel very strongly that we have a bond between our interviewees and experts whom we solicit, particularly in areas where we do investigative reporting like Frontline. And it's very difficult to persuade the interviewees to appear on our show and also give us carte blanche for allowing their interviews to be mixed and mash. So that is our position. The next um, project is Teacher's Domain, which I'm sort of coincidentally involved in. But Teacher's Domain actually um, harkens to something Rick was talking about this morning about segmenting of archival material. And what we have with Teachers Domain is a library, a digital library of educational resources for K through 12, which is taken from all of the primetime shows that we produce. So more than 100,000 teachers use this resource. Um, we um, have 1,000 what we call clips or resources uh, on the, um, in the library right now. Um, Many of them you can download and remix, but not all of them. Uh, we did get a grant from the Hewlett Foundation to take a look at some of the resources with the, with the goal of trying to clear as much as possible for open content. We often can't do that because, as Sue Cantrowitz mentioned this morning, that it's um, 
very difficult with our third-party rights holders. I just got a three-minute countdown here, so I have to speed it up, I guess. Um, in teacher's domain, what we do have is four different levels of usage, which um, we can, I can talk about that if you're interested in getting more detail about this. Um, we um, are very excited about the potential for teacher's domain because previously, PBS had not been, our relationship with PBS had been somewhat strained. Under the new regime at PBS, we found that we are in sync with them, so we expect Teachers Domain to become the kind of national network for public television offered throughout the country. And the statistics are really incredible, but um, I won't sort of go through the whole list of things. You can see that there's, there's a whole thing on Judah Folkman and his theory about blood and the contribution to the growth of cancer. All right. This is a project that is absolutely brand new. It hasn't even started, and we don't have the funding yet. We should hear next week whether we have the full funding. It's called Adoption Families. It is an online broadcast that starts online and finishes up on television. So it's a complete reversal of the conventional way of thinking. We got to this by accident because we had initially conceived of this as a broadcast, and we went we designed a web project that uh, we thought was going to help us raise money for production. It didn't. We learned some things from it, but one of the ideas that came out of it was to just go online and do it as a web project. And we are selecting three families, and we'll give them video cameras, and they will record every week, they will record their experiences that week in the adoption process. Each of them is in a different stage in the adoption process. We will also encourage people from around the country who have gone through adoption to add their comments or helpful hints. For example, if one of the families is going to be visited by a social worker, one of these families may want to share what happened to them when, before the social worker came and offer them tips for a successful visit or things to watch out for. Um, we also have a whole website that uh, when we started the funding website, it generated all of these, what we call faces of adoption. And families sent, sent in pictures and story, pictures of their own adopted children and stories about them, which was very heartfelt and moving. So we're going to keep that component of the website up and running. We will assign producers um, to each of the three families, take the material that has already been on the web, shoot some additional material, and put it on for a 90-minute broadcast sometime in 2008. After the broadcast, we will continue to follow the progress of each of these three families by tracking them for as long as we can uh, support the, the endeavor. You know, if we have enough money to follow them for a year, it would be great. And keep the website open and available to everyone. So questions later on, but that's what WGBH is up to.